Hello? Hello. Oh, hello. Oh, God, I hope I wasn't just talking to myself. This is No More Water Cooler, a podcast from Leapers. Each week, we aim to have an honest, open and frank conversation with a freelancer about their work and their mental health to understand the reality of modern work. We're not going to be hearing stories about bootstrapping to billion dollar valuations. We won't be talking about how we're crushing it. We certainly won't be pretending that everything is okay all of the time. I'm Matthew Knight, founder of Leapers, a community which supports the mental health of freelancers and anyone who works differently. And each week, we'll be chatting with one of our members to ask the simple question, how are you? And exploring their answer. This week, we cross up with Matt Desmier, a veteran freelancer and a leading voice in the digital community on the UK's south coast. We spoke about being able to challenge your clients, how communication of your strengths and your weaknesses is absolutely essential, and how Matt went from pub landlord to wise old uncle. But I started, as always, with asking Matt, how are you? I'm all right. I am getting better. What's what's uh, keeping you in your funk? I don't know. Uh, I think I'm having my equivalent, a male equivalent of a monthly cycle that probably comes on once every two years. It's I'm 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 mildly depressed. I think. Do, do you? Is it that frequent? Do you see that every couple of years? Is it? A, a- yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and 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 I become. St- like self-destructive in terms of just ruining relationships around me and just not getting out of bed. Can you see it creeping up or is it yeah. suddenly there's a moment you're like, oh, hold on. No, 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 no. I can see, I can see it creeping up. I can see it's happening and uh, I'm powerless to do anything about it. But it, it, it happens or it has happened in the past. So it's almost like I, I know it will pass. <laughs> But you've been going through a lot recently, though. Yeah, yeah, I have. The, the, the kind of, um, you know, the the, uh, the myth that is the work-life balance and the two things are completely separated out. I mean, you know, it's just not true when you're self-employed. One knocks onto the other. Do you, how do you, I don't know, keep on going with the, the work hat on when you've got so much other stuff going on when the home hat is? Well, and that, you know, but that's that's part of of this self-destructive thing that I, that I do, because it doesn't. I lie awake in bed thinking, shit, 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 shit. I've not done all the work I'm supposed to have done. And they're going to fire me. And then I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. And actually, all I need to do is do the work. But I can't think straight. And, and I, and I go back to bed. What's the answer? How do you break that? Because if you've done this a couple of times before. Time. Time, new routines. You know, I've got to, I know I need to start eating better. I know I need to start exercising. I know I need to go back and start seeing my therapist again. I just need to get into back into a new routine. But like I said, I can feel myself coming through it. And I am, I am not depressed anymore. <laughs> I've just got to f- f- all the shit I've done whilst I have been. 
tell me about your checkered past, Matt, because I mean, looking at LinkedIn uh, uh, as you know is obviously the the truthful, authoritative version of everybody's business life. Uh, you you know, you've got some remarkable, outstanding headlines. Obviously, founded Silicon Beach, which ran for for many years, and as you say, set the mold for a lot of other events top 50 advocates for equality, Maserati 100 list of social entrepreneurs, lots of wonderful bullet points. But then you scroll down and we get into this really strange, twisted path of, of different roles in different places and you ran a pub. Just talk me through your career. How did we get to where you are today? So uh, I was expelled from school. So I, end, I ended up working, well, it was the Primark of the day. So it was Littlewoods. Uh, and I worked there for five years not going anywhere very fast and all of my friends went away to university and came back from university and I suddenly realized I was working at Littlewoods so I went back to college I I, I ate humble pie and it was quite it was quite a humbling experience uh, I at the age of what was I 22 uh, I went back to college with 16 year olds and did a national diploma I ended up being at art college for five years got a degree couldn't get a job for love and money because computers had taken off by this point and I didn't know how to use one. Um, so I ended up running a pub and got offered by the brewery, a pub of my own. So handed my red said, thank you very much. Please accept this as a uh, notice of my resignation. I spent five years at art school uh, I learned to become a designer. I am a designer. I thought I was a designer. I'm running a pub. I've got to do something. Uh, so I became an innovation advisor for the government. And they put me through my master's degree. That was the turning point for me. You know, as an innovation advisor, there was a project happening with the design council. Service design was not yet a thing. And so the design council wanted to get into that. I wrote a funding bid and got um, three quarters of a million pounds to, to run a project with the design council that tried to, to grow the impact of what service design could be and get designers into a C-suite position. That opened up numerous doors for me. So then I went and was head of enterprise at a university where I launched a an incubator. From then I got headhunted into what was, when I joined it, was Southwest Screen, so a regional screen agency to work as their head of partnerships. And then I left there and went out on my own. So for eight years, I've traded as wise old uncle, doing bits and bobs here and there. Do you think there's a, a theme which, despite their being you know on paper looking like widely diverse roles is there a common theme of what you would bring into each of those roles throughout that career path i think i see problems different to other people sometimes i think i can see see the route we need to play it's almost as you know i'm 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 rubbish at chess but it's almost like i can see problems like a chessboard and what three or four moves hence might be and so that clarity of thought and my empathy means I approach... And, and let's be clear, five years at art school taught me to look at problems in a different way. 
And, you know, I'm quite personable. So um, that curation thing, I'm, I'm pretty good at bringing people together and quite persuasive to get them to do my bidding in a, <laughs> in a, in a non-Machiavellian way. I get energised by the things that I do. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a do. I'm not a complete finisher. I'm, I know that. I know that that is one of my one of my failings, but I get very excited and I and I can push things forward. I have learnt a, I need a complete finisher somewhere in this team. Otherwise, otherwise, whatever the project is we're working on, it it it's just going to run out of steam. I I have the attention span of a gnat. Moments of brilliance, and then and then that's it. I'm done. So I need someone to to keep that going and then pull me back in and say, we need, what what about this? And I'll come up with an idea and then I can shuffle back into the shadows. Do you communicate that to your clients when you start off with to say, look, this this is, I'm brilliant at the sparky bursts at the start, but I'm going to need this kind of person, yeah, this kind yeah, of person. Yeah, I do. When I first meet a client, I am very honest and I tell them, I, I like to work on, on a project basis. So there's a beginning, middle and end, and it's in a set time frame. hopefully of about six weeks to two months. Not No longer than that would be good. And I'm horribly honest about that, to my detriment. The, I, got, I, did a, I did a video uh, a year or, or so ago, and, 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 the, and the interviewer asked me, what are your three business ethics? And I said, um, I've got to like the person, uh, which is, you know, understandable. It was also, um, I've, I want to be able to sleep at night. And that's not from a moral standpoint. Uh, that is more from the fact that I don't want to dread the work I've got to do the next day. I don't want to go to bed at night thinking, oh, crap, I've got to do that tomorrow. Um and I and my third one was I'm not I don't do it for the money because if I'm doing it for the money then one of those fir- I've, I've one of those first two ethics has been contravened in some way I I'm either not going I'm uh, not going to sleep well or I don't like the person because I'm clearly doing it for the money and it, that is that sleeping well thing is it is a really big thing for me I've got to be excited by what I'm doing otherwise. The client's not going to get the best out of me. I'm not going to be, and the relationship will will falter. And then I'll feel guilty about invoicing. And then my mortgage won't get paid. And it'll all just go horribly wrong. I've got halfway through projects with clients and just said, look, we both know this isn't working, right? <laughs> so should we call it a day? Because I would rather do that. I would rather be able to hold my head up and you know as a as an example to my children or example to the people around me that you know what i if this i want to do the best work i can i want to i that excites me more than anything else that communication that you have to your clients is clearly a critical part of your working process how do you get the best communication from your clients back how do you get them to have that same openness and honesty and transparency with you so that you can do your best work with them I don't think I've found that (laughs) 
I think I would like that. You know, uh, it might be front of mind to me. It's probably not front of mind to them. The fact that they're bringing in an external consultant like me to work on a project means it's not at the top of their priority list. Do you think that's going to change in time? Because as organisations move more and more to working in fluid, agile, ad hoc ways as they employ or hire more diverse types of talent into the business for shorter terms, um, they're going to have to change the way they communicate, right? They can't just expect the people to know what is required and and have that same level. Do I think organisations are taking this on? No, I don't think they are. I think it's, I think they're going to, I think it will be, it will be a paradigm shift that we will see in the next five years. You know, I just think the, the, the exponential growth of the Leapers network, what, what Helen Tupper and the squiggly career things are going on, or Emma Gannon and, and, and the, her book that the name of which is really on the tip of my tongue, but multi hyphen method. That's the one. Yes. You know, it, it, it's, it's a movement, right? This is definitely a movement. This is definitely the way the world of work is shifting, but it's a grassroots movement. And right now, the people at the top, it's not impacting them. It's impacting middle managers and middle managers have very little say. And I think we're seeing the start of that curve now. And so we'll see more and more of it over the next few years and within five years it will be a very different looking place you know we were we were confined we you and i were confined by three tv channels you know i can remember the day channel four launched we were confined by a set news cycle i can remember when when tv went 24 hours i remember the point when it used to switch off at 12 o'clock i remember it when it wasn't on during the day this next generation don't have that. They don't have those shackles. All they see is, is opportunity. All they see is an, ex, a, an exciting thing of the next thing's going to be coming soon and it's going to be amazing. And why are you working? They, they want to question everything because they don't have, they don't have the, the, the confinement of their past experience. And that's the super exciting thing that we just don't realise. Emma Mulqueeny, and I constantly harp on about this, wrote uh, a wonderful series of blog posts about the 1997ers, where here was a a group of people, they were born in 1997, when they were 10 years old, the iPhone came onto the scene. When they were 18 into 2015, there's a general election. All of a sudden, these people have a voice and they're going to make changes in the world, changes that you and I can't can't even begin to comprehend because they've only ever known the computer in their pocket, 24-hour news cycles, cheap travel, global travel, Skype and VoIP and, and all the wonders of the world at their disposal. They're not... They're not tied down to a nine to five. They're not tied down to a physical location. They're not tied down to anything that that gives our generation the cynicism that stops us from doing things. I'm really always impressed 
listening to you talking about your work, Matt, just generally as a as an individual that just oozes uh, compassion and empathy for the people that you're working for, but also that uh, ability to challenge people in a, in a positive way. Do you, <laughs> and really? I'm not just, yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I, uh, I, I think, think I'm a rude, I think I'm rude and obnoxious a lot of the time. <laughs> well, that's what's going to ask because I think it's a really challenging thing to challenge people, especially as a freelancer, where a lot of the time, you know, you, you're brought in to deliver on something i think you possibly sit in a slightly different space where you're often brought in to solve people's problems or are you often asked to deliver on something and when you see that actually that's not the problem which it needs to be solved how does that conversation go because you you are an external uh voice but you still have to play the game to a certain extent no well, so so that that is part of my downfall, right? So if I'm brought in to do something, I'm hit that I'm I'm invited in to speak to a potential new client, and they say this is my this is our problem, and I'll sit there and we'll have a conversation, and even before I get to writing a proposal to them, I will say, nah, that's not your problem. This is your problem, and you and we'll solve your problem by doing this, and they'll and and. And at that point, and I've seen it now, they go, hold on, that's that's not the problem we wanted you to solve. And actually, if that's the problem, you've told us how to solve that. So now we don't need you. <laughs> and, I don't get, and I don't get to write a proposal and I don't get to put a quote in. But that's fine because I know that if I'd gone in to do the job they thought they wanted, I'd have hated it anyway. If I was if I was going to do work just for the sake of the paycheck, I used to run a pub. I'd go back to running a pub. Matt, I'm going to wrap up I, at the start of the conversation and every conversation that we're having with this podcast. I ask that really simple question of how are you? Do you think that we ask that enough when we are freelancing to to the people that we are working with as colleagues or to the people that we're hiring as freelancers and are we equipped to ask that question in a meaningful way because if we're building shorter term relationships with the people that we're working with it's so much harder to see if there are those changes if or they are in those dips or if something's troubling them and it's hard to say hey you're you're not your usual self today and there's also a certain element of, as you mentioned earlier, putting that work hat on and not sometimes letting the things outside of work affect the, the, the day job. Do you think that we are well enough equipped to build more caring relationships within the freelance community for each other? Uh, I, th- I think we can see the change happening. I think that, and it's and it's wonderful to see it. the The discourse that we see online, and and indeed in in meeting in in events, there's one coming up about mental uh, well being in the freelance community. I think you, you shared it on on the Leapers Slack yesterday. Um, so so that the fact that those conversations are happening, I think, is a step in the right direction. Uh, what I tend to do is if someone <laughs> if someone asks me, you mentioned you use the word meaningful just now. If someone asks me how I am, I tell them. I don't say I'm fine. I will tell them 
all the woes that I'm going through. And I think, and, and I do that on purpose for two reasons. A, it makes me feel better by me being able to talk about openly the things that are troubling me, that a problem shared is a problem halved. So, so it takes a bit of the weight off me. But I also think if I, if I am able to be honest, then the people I'm talking to, hopefully I'm giving them license to be honest back. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping they're not judging me by me being honest and that the message I'm trying to convey is, and I'm not going to judge you either because you know what? We all go through bad periods. We all have trouble. We all have things that are bothering us or not. So if anyone ever asks me how I'm doing, I will never go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I will I will give them the litany of, of, of troubles I have. Uh, and I think I will hope, I would hope that more and more people are feeling free and able to, to have that honest conversation with those around them. A huge thanks to Matt for being so open, honest and sharing his experience and wisdom. We want No More Water Cooler to be the start of a conversation, so each episode of the podcast has its own page where you can share your comments, questions and thoughts, which help us think about what we should cover in future episodes and start a dialogue between you and the rest of the community. And we'd love to hear from anyone who is keen to share their story of working differently and their mental health. Visit leapers.co slash podcast to comment, nominate or volunteer to be a guest. Whether you're at the start of your journey to working differently or a battle-hardened freelancer, Leapers is an open, inclusive community of support and we'd love you to be part of our team for people without a team. Visit leapers.co to join our community and find tangible things to support your mental health. I'm Matthew Knight and until next time, work well. Work well.